0: vocal about what we care about, when we decide, when we actively decide what delights us and then allow ourselves to delight in those details, you attract more of it.
1: What's shaking? Emily Abadi here. Coming to you with another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride towards your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am chatting with Megan B. Murphy. She is the editor-in-chief of Women's Day. She's also the author of the book, Your Fully Charged Life. And that topic is exactly what we're here to chat about. We are here to talk about how to be more positive on the regular, specifically how to let go of negative thoughts, as she puts it, embrace the yay (laughs) and bring your best self to every moment. It sounds a little complicated or maybe it sounds easier than I'm letting on. But the truth is, is that when you embrace a positive mindset, then positive things will find you. I can promise you that. The sentiment energy attracts like energy is a sentiment that I literally embrace every single day. When I think about what I want out of the day, that is what I am doing. I'm putting what I want into the world. And so Megan is opening up about exactly how we create that energy for ourselves with her tried and true tricks and solutions. She opens up about her journey, how she became such a yay person. After overcoming a bout of grief, dealing with the loss of her father and also how she seeks out optimism and positivity even when things in her life are not going as planned, even as she herself navigates hurdles as a working mom of three. I'll be the first to admit that some days it is difficult to take on a positive perspective. But by listening to this episode, I trust that you will be well-equipped with the tools you need to do just that. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's over at Hurdle Podcast. I myself am over at Emily Abadi. I'm going to put the link to Megan's book, Your Fully Charged Life, in the show notes if you're interested in grabbing yourself a copy. And last but not least, I want to take care of a little bit of house keeping and that I've received some messages lately I think Spotify's been a little iffy who knows what's going on but if you are having difficulty playing Hurdle on your chosen streaming platform the good news is that it is available on nine different platforms I'm talking Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts Spotify TuneIn Castbox you name it so if ever you have a problem I promise you Hurdle is available to you you just might need to pivot a little bit (laughs) and while you're pivoting do me a solid rate and review the show if you have a second wherever you get your podcasts it means the world to me five stars positive vibes (laughs) and with that let's get to it let's get to hurtling Today, I am sitting down with Megan B. Murphy. What's the beef stand for, Megan?
0: So I didn't have a middle name as a kid. And when I got married, I decided to go from Buchan to Murphy because Megan Murphy sounds leprechaunish versus Megan Buchan, which was always like Buchanan without the extra A-N. But I wanted to nod to my past a little bit. But my dad didn't like Buchanan and always made fun of our last name anyway. So I just made B with no period. And it was sort of this thought of like, it can be anything I want it to be. And I can be anything I want to be.
1: Megan (laughs) B. You can be anything you want to be. As you can hear, we're already starting this on a positive note (laughs) where we're going today. But Megan is the author of a book called Your Fully Charged Life. She's also the editor-in-chief of Woman's Day. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty great. Yay. (laughs) I'm just going to go right in off the bat. Tell me something you're grateful for today. Oh my God. Well,
0: I woke up at 6 a.m. with my middle son because he really wanted to get his book report done. And we were up at the crack of butt working on his paper. And we invented a peaches and cream smoothie and got it done before anybody was awake. And it was just like kind of quality one-on-one time. Got three kids. So like, just like that morning magic with one kid felt really special.
1: Yeah, really special. Also, I love that we invented a smoothie before anyone else woke up, aka also used a blender.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, it was so loud. Well, we didn't start blending till 7.15 when we knew Big Sis had to be up and then it was like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) then it was time. Well, I'm so excited to finally have you on the show. And I know, as I said at the top of this, you are an author. The book's called Your Fully Charged Life. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes, but let's talk a little bit about why the title of this book, what made you want to write about taking advantage of your everyday?
0: Well, I think the thing is, is like, we all probably have a book in us, right? It's what people ask of us. And for me, people always ask for me, like, okay, like, can I bottle your energy? How do I channel that positive energy? And for me, living this way, fully charged, I like to call it, was hard won. Um, and it took me years and years and years to develop the toolkit to hack my own happiness. Like not to get all sad and cry, but as my father was dying, I sort of made a promise to him. And sometimes I choke up when I talk about it and sometimes I don't. But it would be to leave a legacy of positive energy. Because I transformed from somebody who was nicknamed neddy Maggie who wore a grumpy necklace and had some really tough times to somebody who really does prioritize positivity and live with optimism and joy, even when their dad is dying. And so it became my mission, sadly, on on his deathbed to get this book out and to share this toolkit.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it's it's understandable that you have so much emotion surrounding a topic, a passion that is so, so strong for you. And I think it's really beautiful that you have learned how to harness this emotion and turn it into a true project, a true calling, if you will. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think the funny thing too is about grief and that my friend, Rabbi Steve, who's the rabbi in residence at Woman's Day, talks about it of these waves of grief. Sometimes when I talk about my father, I can laugh and smile and I don't get choked up. And sometimes I just say his, I just say pop and I'm in tears. So it's like those, you just don't know seven years later, I don't, I never know how it's going to hit me, but sometimes it does. And I never try to like suppress or hide that emotion. I just lean into it.
1: Yeah, lean in. I love that. That's definitely been something that I have been working on over the last year as well. So before we talk about how to bring this positivity into your everyday, I would be a little bit curious. I'm curious to know if your friends, the people that you surround yourself with, your family, et cetera, had any sort of reaction to you stepping into this power of positivity, shifting a little bit maybe from the Megan they knew before.
0: It's funny. So, so people who know me now aren't surprised at all. People who knew me then, it's really more of like, you know, my best friend from childhood, Stacey Krause, who like like my hobby as a child was literally sitting on the curb and sticking my tongue out at people who drove by. Like I was like a miserable little kid. Um, for her, it like to see this transformation is mind-blowing. But for people who only know me in the past 10 years, it's it's not that shocking. Um, And it has been a very gradual, gradual transformation. Um, I had many hurdles in my teen years. Um, I I suffered from a raging eating disorder. I was hospitalized three times. Um, My best friend passed away from her eating disorder. Um, And sort of going through therapy and going through all of that I began to have some tools and some strategies, but the crazy part was, it literally wasn't until I was an editor at Cosmopolitan Magazine and was tasked with this assignment of writing an article called The Seven Secrets of Happiness. And you're, you, you know, you have a magazine background, you know, my editor-in-chief didn't know what the heck that story looked like. She just knew she wanted that cover line. So then these were the days before Google, I had to start kind of researching, okay, happiness. And that's when I discovered the work of Dr. Martin Seligman, the, you know, the, the forefather of positive psychology stumbled upon the perma theory of wellness. And like, for the first time realized, whoa, happy people aren't just happy because they're inherently happy. Like there are these action steps, these choices, these ways that we can live to do happiness and change our disposition. Like it just hadn't occurred to me. Like I could live differently. Um, and I started to try happiness on, and it was a very gradual process. So it wasn't until years and years later that I feel like I started farting rainbows because some days I feel like I fart rainbows, um, (laughs) completely retrained my brain. I mean, I truly have, I, I see the good. I can silver line anything. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I don't hurt. It doesn't mean that things don't suck. Um, but because I'm so grounded in gratitude and practice prioritizing positivity, I have changed the way I see the world.
1: Yeah. And so you talk about that transition to uh, having this outlook, keeping that power of perspective to be gradual. Talk a little bit about how it felt as you were trying on this positive way of thinking.
0: So I was talking like people like look to Oprah and those like aha moments, like all of a sudden it clicked. Absolutely not. I started thinking about the different aspects of the happiness equation, the happiness formula. Okay, what if I protect my sleep? What if I move my body in a way that feels good versus a way that's punishing? What if I really like work on my connections, smile at a stranger? Um, what if I do things like get out in nature and, and how do those things make me feel? How do those things change the way I move through my day? And oh my goodness, how do they make it better? And, and gratitude was a really big one for me because I always thought of gratitude of like, okay, yeah, we'll sit around the Thanksgiving table, we're eating turkey and we'll talk about something we're grateful for, right? Like that's what gratitude felt like. Something you do at Thanksgiving or something like really woo-woo yokis with crystals in their pocket were good at, but never something I was going to be able to practice. And even when I started to try to practice gratitude, it felt like homework. I got to keep a gratitude diary. I freaking love that idea. And I want to high five anybody who can put it into practice, but it didn't work for me. It was too homeworky. It was too rigid. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And it wasn't until I started asking myself, what's your yay for the day and creating yay lists that it started to work for me. I had to fun filter gratitude to to be able to adopt a gratitude practice. And and now I'm, I mean, like, I truly believe gratitude is the secret sauce in life. I mean, it's the answer to everything.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate what you're saying here. What I'm hearing you say is really that you had to make it work for you, and you didn't have judgment about the fact that your process may look different than whatever you may be scrolling by on Instagram. Well,
0: and that's what I kind of like want. Like, the, like this happiness toolkit—they're just what I've created are tools. And everybody's toolkit is different. And the tools we need on different days are going to be different. I knew meditation needed to be a tool in the toolkit, but it wasn't a tool I really used. Right? Like it was like the Phillips head screwdriver that I never picked up because all my screws were flatheads, right? All of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, meditation might be a tool I need to start to implement. So it's really about like knowing what the tools are and then, wow understanding when you might need to use them and then just taking that micro action to try it on.
1: Right, trying it on. So let's dive into the tools. I know you kind of went through a few important notes here. You mentioned movement, prioritizing your sleep, getting out in nature, but let's dive in and get a little bit more specific. So where does someone begin when they're trying to focus in on their gratitude and find the joy in every day?
0: I think it's one teeny little micro action. I think what I always try to remind people is that like, we're not broken and I can't fix you and you don't even need fixing, but tomorrow could be more awesome. And that means there's probably one thing that you could do, one little thing today you could do to inch onward because that's what it's really all about, getting unstuck and moving forward. Onward is a big mantra for me. Onward, onward, onward. Sometimes that's what I need to repeat to myself in a day, Mm -hmm. but those those micro actions can be all kinds of little different things. Right. And then my book, I break down, you know, there is the health charge and that's where I'm going to give you the sleep strategies and the movement strategies um, and all of that. Like, you know, I'm somebody who had, you know, a raging eating disorder and exercised myself exercised to punish myself. And then I was the fitness director of self magazine and a certified trainer for 20 years and ran marathons and really learned to embrace fitness And movement. I underwent a double mastectomy in October and was sidelined, you know, for eight weeks and had to, you know, relearn health and wellness and movement once again. I mean, if you would have told me now I walk five miles a day and I go to bar method, I basically don't recognize myself, right? Like that's not how I moved in the past, but I know movement is a key tool and that feels really good. There are relationships. So I always talk about the love charge and relationships, how much relationships matter. And I think we need to think beyond like a spouse, a partner, a boyfriend, a mother-in-law. You know, it's really about those so-called weak ties, how we interact with a cashier, how we interact with the UPS man. This became so evident to me during the pandemic when I craved connection. Even though I was in a house of five people, I craved connection. And I would sit on my porch and talk to Anthony, the UPS man from a distance. And that would be my little lightning bolt of electric charge because I knew I needed that interaction. We need each other. We need our weak ties. And that means that when I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm going to use the name tag as a gift. And I'm going to say, good morning, David. Like, how was your day? I'm going to smile at him, right? Because I need that weak tie. We need each other. There are times when I'll just walk to my pharmacy and do a lap and say hi to Teresa and see how Bev's doing because I need connection. And especially in a lonely work from home life, there's a loneliness epidemic in this country. And and the solution is we need each other. We need to smile at each other. We need to, when you're walking, phone down, head up, hi, smile at a stranger. They don't have to smile back, but put that good energy out there because you need that connection. So I focus a lot on relationships. Um, and And you can be an introvert and still practice this technique. We need each other. It's important. I do a lot of reframing to get to a positive place. And I'll do reframing even to trick myself into practicing gratitude. I don't have to. I get to. When I first got to move my body again after a double mastectomy, I cried with such gratitude. Like I got to do that again. How lucky, lucky, lucky. I don't have to do laundry. I get to. Cause my kids got to go to lacrosse practice today. They got to get dirty knees. Fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> How does someone who has difficulty with the reframing practice really embrace seeing things from a different perspective? Just try it
0: on, right? Like it doesn't have to be this immediate thing. But what I often say to people is like, change the way you do things to change the way you see things. So maybe you can't make that have to to get to flip right away. But honestly, how can you change the, seat, the way you see the world today? Could you run a different route? Could you pick a different ATM machine? Could you take a different line at Trader Joe's? Changing the way you do things helps change the way you see things and could wake you off of autopilot to make other
1: positive changes. For sure. You know, at the beginning of the year in January, one of the things that I was striving to do was do one new thing every week. A, it's a lot easier to add one new thing into your routine than maybe even anyone realizes, right? So if that could be as simple as going to a new cafe, but I kind of took it to another level and I tried pickleball. I went to a pottery studio. Like I was just introducing new random activities into my week in a way that felt really fulfilling. And it was very clear to me that that added fun, as you call it, that added yay, was the thing that helped me find gratitude and excitement in all of the other things in my life that I was already doing.
0: It's only because we get stuck on autopilot. Totally. We forget to be alive. We just live. And until you wake that up by taking the pottery class, buying yourself flowers, you know, literally walking on the opposite side of the street, eating breakfast at a different time instead of having eggs, having a smoothie, right? It's like sometimes you just need a shake up to wake up.
1: Shake up to wake up. As my friend Nick Dio calls it, it's breaking the matrix, mixing things up. Yes. 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 I know you also talk a lot about how saying no can be really powerful when it comes to choosing yourself. Talk to me a little bit about how that plays into the scheme of things.
0: I find that we're all too polite. And so we say yes when we want to say no because we don't want to hurt feelings. And my reframe is that saying no is a form of self-care, more important than a manicure or a massage or even a workout. Like it's radical self-care. We need to say no. We need to prioritize our happiness by saying no. So therefore, when we do say yes, we have room to say yes to things that matter. And I have become a relentless no-sayer. And I I try to give other moms and women permission to do the same. My kid doesn't have to go to every birthday party. No. He doesn't even like that kid. No. No. Why I'm going to say, like, no, right? Like, and I'll often do my no, but, you know, with people I care about, like my mom, you know, will be like, oh, I want to go see this community play at the Long Branch Theater. And I'm like, no, but I love you and I want to spend time with you. So no, but you want to go to lunch and go shopping, more my speed, right? So it's it's like understanding that that no
1: frees up a yes, that matters. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to the sponsors that make this content possible. First up, my friends at AG1. AG1, so much more than a greens powder. It's your daily multivitamin and multimineral. It's got pre and probiotics, immunity support, and yes, it is your daily greens blend too. Now I mentioned the word immunity and AG1 is my God. It feels like immunity secret when it comes to all of this travel, making sure I've got my travel packs with me at the ready. It helps me feel my best even when I am constantly on the go. But bigger than immunity, it's also super, super helpful for my gut health. Multivitamins, probiotics, adaptogens, and more. By taking AG1, I am creating an environment within my gut so that it can thrive, so that the body can thrive, so that I can feel my absolute best. Now, of course, they have an offer for the hurdle listeners. If you get in on the Athletic Greens gang today by heading on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle, you can get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D for free with your purchase. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get freebies and do something for yourself today. Trust me. You won't regret it. I've been doing this for years now and I cannot imagine my mornings without it. Also gotta give some love to my friends at Element. I am finally amping up my mileage again. Oh my God, saying that sentence makes me so excited. And honestly, one of my favorite parts is the post sweat element that I reach for every single time. I am a, I know this is cute, super salty sweater. So I know it is critical for me to replace the vital electrolytes I lose through sweat. And that is exactly where element comes in. It is so delicious it always boosts my energy throughout the day. And it gives me those electrolytes that I absolutely need to fuel my body before, during, and after a tough workout. Not to mention it's zero sugar and doesn't contain any of the other junk I'd find in conventional sports drinks. So I do not have to worry about putting any harmful ingredients into my body. My favorite flavor is their orange salt, raspberry salt, close second. And the best part about Element is that it's Grab and go packaging, which means it's super simple to grab a few packets and bring them with me on the move. Of course, Element has an awesome deal for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack with your purchase today. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack of all of their delicious flavors with your purchase today. We're so inundated with the concept that the word no is enough as well, right? So I like that you caveated that by saying, with people that I care about, I want to make sure that we're communicating appropriately surrounding the no. But in other situations, no can just be enough. A hundred percent. It's
0: if it's though a, a mom, a mother in law, somebody that's in the sensitive, you know, like somebody you really care about that you want to protect their feelings, right? Um, but, like, you will ask me to volunteer for the carpool line. No, hard stop, full sentence. Like, no, not, I'm not going to do that.
1: <laughs> Just not. Not on my radar today. Not on my radar today. We've talked a bit about your history with movement. And also as you so bravely shared, speaking about your mastectomy in October, you mentioned a big word for you is the word onward. How were you able to continue on with your positive mindset, despite going through such unexpected challenges?
0: You know, I feel, uh, I feel very grateful. I'm always grounded in gratitude. Um, you know, my, my, so my mastectomy was elective. Uh, my mom had breast cancer twice. I had lost my dad to pancreatic cancer. I've seen, seen chemo, seen radiation. Like I have the genetic mutation and I had had many scares and had been getting screenings like, gosh, like every three months for the past two years. And I got tired and I wanted to take charge of my health. I wanted to be fu- in fully charged in my health space. Um, and so I went through the surgery and it was the craziest thing happened is the night I got home, I got lice. My kid had had um, school pictures, shared a brush, and I'm sitting, getting just gotten home from the hospital, can't lift my arms, bandaged four drains. And my my daughter sends me a picture and she's like, mom, there's bugs in my hair. And I'm like, oh my God, so yelled my husband like, I can't get out of this chair. It's going to take me 20 minutes to get out of this chair. Can you go see? And she had put my hair in a top knot with her brush. So I freaking lice. And it was like the most beautiful reminder to me in that moment of like, we are never in charge. We are actually never in charge. I had this surgery to try to take charge of my health, but guess what? The only thing I can truly control is my reaction. And so right now I need to laugh at lice because if I can't laugh at lice, I will never move onward. And it is something that I always really focus on is my reaction matters. And I am completely in charge of that reaction. So no matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard something is, no matter how much something sucks, I'm in charge. I get to decide how I react. And that is so incredibly empowering. And I choose the fully charged path again and a freaking again and a freaking again.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned your version of daily gratitude in being that yay list. Explain what the yay list is and how someone can start their own.
0: So it was really born from grief. Um, My dad was my man, my person. And when he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, it was like a few months and gone. And it was brutal. I mean, I had three little kids at the time, a big job, and I didn't actually know how to get out of bed in the morning. I didn't think I could do it, right? Like it was super, super low. And I, I'm talking, I had like a five-year-old, a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. I was like the deputy editor of Self Magazine and I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and I inched myself out of bed by reminding myself of one thing that didn't suck. And that's literally how the Yay list started. That's literally, i was got I got angry and tried to evaluate what didn't suck that day. And I worked really hard at it because it felt like everything sucked. And it would be like, oh, my gosh, there's freaking heart foam on this latte. That is pretty amazing. I'm going to focus on this foam. Somebody made heart-shaped foam on my goddamn latte. Like, that doesn't suck. And I'm going to take a picture of it, and I'm going to share it on Instagram with a hashtag, you know, yay, the yay list, Operation Good Grief. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to notice the daffodils that just bloomed at the end of my sidewalk, because that doesn't suck. I like flowers. Flowers don't suck. And I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to share it. And I also was sharing it with the hashtag operation, good grief. So not only was I looking for the good in the world, I was also opening up about my pain. And so I had this community around my grief, people cheering me on to find the yay. And It became easier and easier to find things that didn't suck. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you for the first year, I was still using that language. What doesn't suck today? Because truly, I could hardly get out of bed. And then ultimately, I began to retrain my brain. You know, the neural pathways were different and i was like seeing more and more good and it was getting easier and easier and i'm like oh my god the daffodils the latte oh my gosh my my cute tank top like it was like i was really starting to see the good in the world to appreciate the good in the world to feel grateful for the things that didn't suck and ultimately after my dad passed and i had really committed to this legacy of positive energy i also wanted to change the language around it and it became finding the yay the yay list And it truly is just a fun filtered approach to practicing gratitude. I didn't know that's what I had started to do. I didn't notice, I didn't know that I was practicing gratitude and that's why I was starting to feel better. One micro action at a time, onward.
1: Onward. And I love the gamification that you used to help yourself through this time period. And I also appreciate what you mentioned about the power of getting others involved in your journey, getting to a place where you can be a little bit vulnerable knowing that there is positivity and good vibes for you on the other side? Why is it important to get others involved in your journey if you really want to embrace a more positive and grateful life?
0: I think it's really individual, right? So I'm somebody who needs community. I thrive with a sense of community. I want to feel hugged. I want to feel understood. I want to relate to other people. And I just sort of learned very early in my life that. When I make my mess my message and welcome people into my pain, I feel better. So when I shared that, like my dad was dying of pancreatic cancer, I can't tell you how many people stepped up and like, oh, I lost my father to pancreatic cancer. I I wound up having grief mentors. People showed me what it looked like to come out the other side. If I hadn't been vulnerable, if I hadn't opened up, if I hadn't inspired a sense of community, I wouldn't have had those incredibly valuable mentors. I needed a grief mentor more than I ever needed a career mentor. I needed a grief mentor. I needed to know that someday I would breathe again, that it was gonna be better. And so for me, that sense of, I wanna feel a sense of belonging. I wanna feel understood. I wanna be able to help other people as well. I wanna have a community of understanding. Community is such a core value to me. It's even, I'm the chief spirit officer of my town and I run the social media as a hobby. Because I think we should all love where we live and feel connected to our neighbors. It's one of the secrets to happiness. So whether that's your intimate community of where you actually live or a global community of the people around you, it comes back down to we need each other. We need each other in so many ways we don't even know.
1: Yeah. I mean, two things to touch on here. One, what you're getting at, this thing that We all just really want to be seen, heard, and feel less alone in whatever it is that we're going through. So whether it is navigating, as you so um, beautifully share, the loss of your father, or just going on a day-to-day journey, navigating that inner critic that we all have, and maybe how you feel about your body. There is someone out there that is going through a struggle that feels like you do. So opening up really gives you that really beautiful opportunity. And then the other thing that you said, which I really appreciate is stepping into your values, right? It seems to me that a broader understanding of self and even bigger than that, a full understanding of what's important to you and what you value has enabled you to really step into this power of positivity. Would you agree? Does that resonate with you? Oh yeah.
0: I wear my core values on my wrist. So I have this massive arm party and you know what they say? Freedom family, and fun. My three core values are fun, family, and freedom. And I view the world through that lens. Does it improve my family? Is it fun? Does it contribute to my freedom? Because those are the three core values. I mean, and obviously community and there's a whole bunch of other, but those are my three important key values, fun, family, and freedom. And I know it seems almost like fun, that's your core value. Yes. I fun filter life
1: and that's important to me. And that's all that really matters, right? Because they're your values. They're not somebody else's values. It's like when we talk about the the term self-worth, right? It's like so often it is so easy because of the highlight reel and the world that we live in to gauge how we feel or believe that we should feel based on what we see in the world around us. But really, where is your worth coming from? Self-worth. How do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? That's where we begin. And then you move forward from there with how you interact with everything that's happening around you.
0: And I will say, like, so I'm going to be... I'm going to be 48. I'm not going to be 48 for a few months, but I but I, but as I was telling you earlier, I like to try on my new age before I get there. So I like basically just walk around saying I'm 48, but I'm really 47. But I think the gift of being this old is that I've outgrown vanity. I've stopped giving a shit what anybody thinks. And I really feel content, grounded in gratitude. And I think like, especially people who suffer from FOMO or... Gratitude is the antidote to that because when you appreciate what you have and you're grateful for your world, you don't need to compare to other people's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What a really beautiful sentiment. So for someone who does feel challenged by this, that is struggling with FOMO, that's not quite there. Do you have any other advice for them on how to get rooted in their own gratitude practice? I think it's to
0: give yourself a break and treat gratitude, treat treat yourself with grace. Like you don't need to adopt a gratitude practice today and like write five things, right? Like what's, could, could you maybe, maybe decide that something doesn't suck today and just acknowledge it, take stock in something you appreciate? Could you just pause for a hot second and be like, wow, I really appreciate the fact that like the laundry's folded. Right. Like it doesn't have to be major. It could be like, I really appreciate that. I like, you know, had fresh squeezed orange juice. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, I appreciate, like, it doesn't have to be global. It doesn't have to be massive. Just one thing. I like to think of everything in micro actions. Like definitely there's one tiny little thing that you could do today to pause, to appreciate.
1: What's one thing that you're looking forward to right now, Megan?
0: Um, I re, I like have re, I became a walker, and I, I'm going to walk in the woods five miles with my labradoodle after this interview. I and it's I, I I laugh and I smile on these walks because I'm like I was a marathoner. I was a competitive runner. Never in a bajillion years. I mean, I feel like I should be like in an Easy Spirit commercial. Like I don't even know myself. I walk. I walk places. Like I need sneakers with more heel support now. I'm like, who am I? But man, I look forward to my daily walks. I love being in nature. It is so magical for me. I love just breathing in the, like the woodsy air and noticing the cherry blossoms and like having this time with my dog who now is obsessed with me because he had never been walked in four years because I didn't really know you needed to walk a dog. (laughs) You have a fenced in yard and it's enough. Shit, the dog needs to be walked. But now he's my best friend, and I I noticed new things on all of my walks, and I and I I have this new practice. So I used to hide spirit rocks. I started like the um, the gratitude rocks project, where you would hide rocks with positive messages around town for people to find and spark joy. Maybe the rock says you're stronger than you think you are, this or that. I started hiding these little um, metal angels on my walks um, for people to find, and it gives me like, such, like, I just love the idea of somebody finding one of these little angels on their walk and what it would do for their day. Because um, rocks got too heavy to carry on five miles. From <laughs> these little angels in my pockets. Um, but that's, I get like, and I can't wait to hide them.
1: Yeah, that's adorable. That's truly so sweet. And you know what I hear when I listen to you talk is really just you have such a keen awareness of the things that bring you joy. And it sounds so simple at surface, right? To say to someone or just to ask someone, like, what are the things that you enjoy? But you have truly done the work to have a strong understanding of what's on that list. And it doesn't need to be something that takes you hours to put together. I would just encourage anyone that's listening to this to take stock of what would go on that list, to sit down with yourself for five or 10 minutes, even over a few days. It doesn't even need to be all at once and take some time to articulate the things that bring you joy. Because once you do, you will be without a doubt better for it. I I talk a lot about this in the book, little
0: strategies, like have a damn favorite color. Have a favorite color and make sure people know about it. Like my book cover is orange. My front door is orange. I can't tell you how many times someone has like sent me, um, you know, flowers, like thought of you. I saw these orange roses at Trader Joe's and they left them on my doorstep. Or like we'll screenshot something with a lightning bolt because they're like, I thought of you, right? When we're vocal about what we care about, when we decide, when we actively decide what delights us. And then allow ourselves to delight in that detail and those details, you attract more of it. People know I love orange and lightning bolts. I can't tell you how much of that I attract into my life. People know my Murphy's Law is I buy myself flowers every Monday. I can't tell you how many people have just randomly sent me flowers because you attract what you put out. And it's okay to delight in the details. And these things aren't frivolous. They're necessary. And that's the thing I think people don't recognize. It's okay to get a new pair of shoes and think they're the best thing that ever happened and like walk on sunshine when you wear them. And that's not frivolous. It's necessary. We need to delight in the details because life is scary and hard and there's so much bad stuff out there and our negativity bias is so strong. So what happens if you flip the switch and allow yourself to delight in the details, to find the yay and actually enjoy it?
1: And not all the details need to involve spending money, right? As you've already articulated, right? Your delight in the details is being able to go out for a walk with your dog. Your delight in the details is being able to put on orange because you know this color makes you feel energized and excited. Find the things that make you happy. Find the things that bring you joy and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with those things because as you've so beautifully put energy attracts like energy, hard stop.
0: 100%. I, and I talk about, the, I, I love science because I'm a magazine editor, service journalist for 25 years. So like there's 45 pages of citations in my book. And even the thing with like, I, I use the term dopamine dressing and talk about in clothes cognition. Like your clothes do matter. Like, you know, dress up to feel up. I don't wear black because I'm not, my life is not, it's a party, it's not a funeral. But like some people feel sleek and wonderful and happy and black, but like, understanding, just basically understanding how things affect you, like kind of just what, how does that make me feel? Really taking stock throughout the course of your day. And then the things that delight you, get more of that, do more of that, surround yourself with more of that.
1: Negan would have no idea what to do with my closet, but black makes me feel good. <laughs> and that's, and
0: that, but that's the thing that's because we assign the meaning to our wardrobe right? Like I want emoji-esque prints and bright colors, but that's because that's me. Like you just have to see, you have to just notice how you feel. And that's not with being on autopilot. We don't notice how we feel. And if we don't notice how we feel, we can't find the yay.
1: If we don't notice how we feel, then we can't find the yay. All right. Well, final question. How are we feeling today?
0: I'm, I'm, I really feel good. Like you you got me on like a five out of a five day. I just did a cardio bar method class. I'm about to go for a walk. Um, fun family and freedom. Check, check, check.
1: check, check, check. Well, Megan, I'm so glad that we were able to sit down today. If they don't follow you just yet, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give us your details.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, So I'm at Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N-B Murphy on social media. I'm not on TikTok. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Um, I I wrote a book, Your Fully Charged Life. That's available wherever books are sold, which sadly mostly means Amazon. What else? That's it, right?
1: That's it, right? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over at Emily body and at hurdle podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.